You're listening to the Smart Gets Paid podcast with me, Leah Niederthal. I help women land higher paying clients in their B2B consulting and coaching businesses, but I've never been a salesperson. My background is in corporate marketing. And when I started my first consulting business, I learned pretty quickly that it's about a thousand times harder to sell your own stuff than it is to sell someone else's. So I taught myself how to do it. And I created a sales approach that feels comfortable, makes you feel confident, and that works consistently. And now I teach women how to land higher paying clients in their B2B consulting and coaching businesses. So whether your client contracts are $2,000 or $200,000, if you wanna work with more of the clients you love, do more of the work you love, and get paid more than you ever imagined, then you're in the right place. Let's do it together. Welcome to Smart Gets Paid. Hey there, Leah here, and thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you're doing well. I hope over the past couple of weeks, you've been making some good progress on your business and also, you know, taking some time for you. So the conversation that you're going to listen in on today, I am so excited to share it with you because I'm willing to bet that wherever you are in your business, however long you've been running it, whatever industry you're in, and honestly, whatever you even do in your business, you've felt the same way or feel the same way as the woman you're going to hear me talk to today. So this episode is so good, like not because it's good, good, but like, because you're going to see yourself in this conversation. All right. So we're going to get to that in a second. Over here, things are going pretty well. I shared on LinkedIn a little while ago that my wife and I actually just fixed up a shed in our backyard to serve as like a little remote office. It's what we're calling the shed quarters. And P.S. you guys, I hate that term like she shed the same way I hate, you know, CEO or like fempreneur or whatever. Like, why do we do that? Why do we just like attach these like minimizing, feminizing words to it? So anyway, little soapbox there. But so we're calling our shed the shed quarters. So quick backstory, if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that my wife and I moved out of Brooklyn temporarily to an area called the North Fork of Long Island into a house that we renovated. Now, when we were living in Brooklyn, my wife and I both went to an office every day, like a shared office where we each had individual offices where we could work. And it was like a 15 minute walk from our apartment. And even though it was like, it was closed for, you know, quite some time during the pandemic, but once it opened back up with like a ton of COVID procedures, we went back. And after so many months of living and working in the same place, it was so nice to just like have somewhere else to be, you know, like that 15 minute walk to the office was so important just for, you know, a separation between home life and work life, you know, like home Leah and work Leah. And, you know, walking home at the end of the day, you could kind of mentally separate from work again and shift back into like home and family and kid mode. Just having that other place to be was awesome. I mean, it was like a total sanity saver. And then we came out here and we don't have that separate space to go to. So, you know, we're living and working in the same space again. And even though the house out here is bigger than our apartment in Brooklyn, you know, we're still here like living and working on top of each other in the same space as our toddler and his nanny. And the house is like super echoey. I love my wife, but like her voice just really carries. And, you know, did I mention like my toddler? So it's been a little rough. 
But even though we don't have, you know, an office to go to, we do have a backyard. So we decided to get a shed, like a raw, unfinished shed and turn it into an office just to like have somewhere else to go, you know, just to walk about something like 100 feet outside, like 100 feet towards the back and just get a little bit of that like mental shift. So over the past several weeks, we prepped the space where the shed was going to go. And then we had the shed delivered, which you guys like that in itself was so wild. You know, imagine a big shed, okay, being carried by what looks like a sort of a small remote control forklift. This guy is standing there with this massive thing. It's two guys like, you know, working together and he's operating what looks like a radio controlled car, right? But it's not, it's like a massive shed being held by a forklift. It's it's crazy. And this thing sort of just maneuvers and places the shed in the right spot. So that was kind of cool. But then the shed itself was just this raw space, you know, not insulated or anything, just with two tiny windows. And so we had a few more windows put in and then we had a handyman kind of build out the inside with, you know, insulation and plywood walls. And we put in a heater. And actually the last thing we have to do is the flooring. So the flooring lets in some cold air, but still it's like definitely enough to work in and have an office. It's actually more than enough space for both of us to work in there at the same time. But did I mention that my wife's voice carries? Like we'll never be there at the same time. Like, trust me, we will never be there at the same time. And so we've been using it for the past few weeks and my wife and I switch off days, sort of depending on whatever we have going on that day. And our hunch was right. Like it is so nice to be somewhere else. It's a total mental shift to just not be on top of my son while he and the nanny are playing. And I love my wife, like I said, but to not hear like every phone call, you know, that sort of thing. And instead of feeling like all the parts of my life are like literally mashed up together, you know, the mom part, the wife part, the business owner part, the me part, which, you know, when those are kind of mashed up together, it's, it's a little exhausting. It's a little overwhelming. You know, I can be a business owner for a little while and be me for a little while. And then also go back inside and be like a wife and mom for a little while. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way. If you're listening to this, do you ever feel like that? If something like this is sort of present in your life too, drop me an email at team at smartgetspaid.com and just let me know if like this is that sort of mashing of identities and the space that they take up in your life is something going on with you too. It's something I've really been thinking about a lot, you know, and, you know, talking to my therapist a lot too, but you know, it's, it's been on my mind. So if it's been on your mind too, just let me know. All right. So let's get into the episode. Like I said, I am so excited to share this conversation with you. The woman you're going to hear me talk to in this episode is part of a department in a mid-size company. And the reason I was speaking to her was because her company actually brought me in to teach their entire team how to use LinkedIn to start getting seen and getting client opportunities. You know, I teach the Pack Your Pipeline system for LinkedIn to women who run B2B consulting and coaching businesses. So, you know, mainly solopreneurs and women who run small teams. But one of the leaders in this company had been following me for a while on LinkedIn, and she had seen some of the results that my clients had gotten and kind of the way I was talking about using LinkedIn. And they thought, well, if the Pack Your Pipeline system can get results for women running small businesses, you know, imagine what it could do for us. So they brought me in to teach about 15 of their people how to apply the Pack Your Pipeline system for LinkedIn inside of their business to get more client opportunities. And we did it over about six weeks. 
And then we had several weeks of ongoing coaching where I had live Q and A's. I gave them thought starters for posts, stuff like that, and other things so that they could be successful, you know, using the system. And as part of that, I had a one-on-one call with each member of their team, you know, to answer any individual questions or review their profile and talk through some post ideas. And so the woman that you're going to hear me talk to in this episode was on that team. So what that means is the scenario here on its surface might sound a little different because she works at a company, you know, she's not running her own business. But as you're going to hear, the challenge that she's facing is so universal and so applicable to women who are running their own businesses. I mean, I hear some version of this conversation with nearly every woman I talk to. So I have a feeling that you're going to see yourself in some part of this conversation. So just as an example, if you've ever known inside that you're really good at what you do, but when you're asked to talk about what you do or promote yourself, that feels super weird and you all of a sudden don't know what to say. Or if you've ever felt like everyone else out there is better or better at business than you, or they know more than you, like they deserve to be there and you don't, you know, what we sort of call imposter syndrome. Or if the way that you've gotten clients before is from referrals or word of mouth from people who maybe knew you from different parts of your career. And so doing anything else to actually get clients proactively feels weird. If any of those things are true, then this might be the most important episode you listen to. And as you're hearing it, it might actually be uncomfortable, you know, hearing what she has to say or what she's saying, but I know for sure that we've all felt it and maybe likely said the same things to ourselves or about ourselves. The woman you're going to hear me talk to, she's being super honest and vulnerable here. And because of that, I was actually scared to ask her for permission to share this conversation with you. But when I did, when I asked her, she said yes, and she was glad for all of you to hear it. So I just want to say a huge, deep thank you to this client for allowing me to share our conversation with you. So a quick heads up as you listen, when we go through and edit these calls, we remove everything that might identify someone so that it's anonymous. And there's a part where she talks about a sport that she plays. So you're going to hear that bleeped out in a few places. So just a heads up on that. All right. So enjoy this episode. And at the end, I'll come back and share a lesson that you can apply to your business. This episode is sponsored by the one hour LinkedIn profile power up my free guide to help you turn your LinkedIn profile into a powerful tool to get your ideal clients finding you on LinkedIn. You can get your copy at smartgetspaid.com slash profile. So when you're running a B2B consulting, coaching, or service-based business, your clients are on LinkedIn, but the challenge is how do you actually get them to find you? Well, it starts with your LinkedIn profile, but most business owners, LinkedIn profiles just sort of sit there not doing anything for their business. Fortunately, there are seven simple steps that you can take to turn your profile into a powerful tool to get you in front of your ideal clients on LinkedIn and get them coming to you for your expertise. And they only take about an hour. So grab your copy of the one hour LinkedIn profile power up today and start turning your LinkedIn profile into a powerful tool to get your ideal clients coming to you using LinkedIn. Get yours today at smartgetspaid.com profile. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I, this is um, early. It is early. Yes. And I'm not a morning person. I appreciate you doing this call so early. You know, the purpose of this, these calls are to really see how you're doing, you know, make sure you have what you need to move forward. 
and answer, you know, anything that might be on your mind that are holding you back. I guess I'll start with just how's it going? How do you feel things are going? Okay. I'm like the worst at these kinds of things, <laughs> things that aren't my actual, like the work that I'm, that my brain does. Uh-huh. I mean, this, this is work, but I'm not good at, at other types of like official marketing kinds of things because I, well, for a variety of reasons. So you're saying okay. you're not, you're not good at anything outside of your job. <laughs> Not exactly. No. Um, so everybody, everybody at my, everybody has their master's or PhD and I actually don't. And, um, but I, but I am really good at what I do. But so then like when there's a thing where it's like, this is, I'm presenting myself on paper or whatever, I've been doing this for a really long time, but I don't have like, I mean, I don't look as fancy on paper. Like I haven't written books and all that kind of stuff, like some of my colleagues and Mm-hmm. whatever. And so then I just feel like, I feel like whatever I'm going to attempt to do on paper, like without the way that I, I, but I like, I bring in a lot of work, but it's because people who have worked with me and they know that I do good work. And so that's how I am actually successful and my company values me, which is great. But mm-hmm. when it comes to just like me putting myself out there as like a random person that hasn't met me or whatever, hasn't worked with me, like. Like I, I, w- I wouldn't look or I don't know, I guess I feel I, I would have a hard time looking at me on paper and being like, oh, I'm going to, or like looking at my LinkedIn profile. I mean, also it's like not, I mean, it isn't great, but like, and being like, oh, like, like believing that I was an expert in anything because, because I, what I do is like, like I said, I don't have, I don't have advanced degrees. I don't know. It's all just my, you know, like slightly imposter syndrome, but not actually, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, what, what I hear is we're going to have therapy this morning is what you're hearing. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I I can't sort of discount that you're in a field where advanced degrees are really prized. Right. And, and I think that, you know, that is, that's trickling down into everything. You know, you already said that you bring in the most business and you're actually really good at what you do and you've been doing it for some time. But the fact that like a long time ago, you didn't do this other thing feels like this like monkey on your back kind of. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, who, who says that you have anything to say because a long time ago, you like didn't do this other thing. I mean, that, that, I'm, I'm sort of like paraphrasing. Yes. Yes. No, that's, that's correct. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that we, we sort of can't tackle the industry part, right? Like the other people you work with, but you know, there's nothing that says that to do this work, right? The work that we are doing here on LinkedIn, you don't need an advanced degree. You know, all, all you need to be able to do is like, say, I have an opinion about this. And what I hear you saying is like, my opinions aren't valid. And I just, I feel like that's such a, such a limiting belief, you know? I mean, well, why I know, it's like, I know that they are, I just don't believe that somebody is going to, without knowing me <laughs> or having worked with me is, is going to believe that. But obviously that's just like, I just need to get over that. I don't, I mean, well, I mean, you know, and like work on my LinkedIn stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but like we could say, you know, just get over it. Like girl, be more confident. Like that's not personal, <laughs> that's not personal growth. Well, you know? Right. Right. 
Well, and I think like I like and I actually I actually am. It's just that like because I know that I am good what I do, but it's just I don't I don't know. I guess I just need to I just need to figure out how to like translate my confidence like in my actual job every day and what I do and like how to present that to the world in like a way. I don't know. I guess it's because like, yeah, I guess I'm struggling to figure out how I can use like LinkedIn as a medium that is going to work for me. I guess, I guess that's the, that's my, my, my brain thinking, but I just need to stop thinking about that. And I just need to post more. So like we could look at, but here's the thing, like, you know, I hear you saying, I just, like, I have a feeling, but I just need to like do something else and ignore the feeling. And I think we sort of have to like, I know you're, you sort of joke, like, let's go to therapy or whatever, but like, there is a lot to unpack here because if like, I just need to post more was the answer, you would have done it already. You know, like, you know how to like type words using a keyboard and post it on LinkedIn. That's not the problem. And so, you know, I think that, let me just offer a quick reframe. I think that like, you know, you said that the reason why you get business is because people know you and they've worked with you. you, They know what you're like right? They maybe know how you think and how you are. And they remember that and they come back to work with you, right? But then I think that the thinking around LinkedIn is like LinkedIn is a like social media channel, right? Like capital S, capital M, capital C, right? Like, um, you know, this is like, now we're into marketing. And, you know, and I say that facetiously because it does feel like so different, you know? Yes. Whereas I just want to offer that what we're doing here on LinkedIn, you know, sharing like, Hey, this is sort of how I think about things. This is, you know, I have a, I saw something. It made me think of this like piece that I worked on or this thing that I, other thing that I read or, Hey, here's like something that we see going on in the industry. And this is, you know, bringing in your voice. All that is, is essentially replicating that, that process where people get to know you it just happens to be online. It just happens to be in a place where, you know, they're sort of reading your, you know, how, just how you are, how, what you think about. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's especially why we, you know, part of this process is like, you know, I always tell people like, don't write the way you think people, you know, you think that you should be writing, you know, write with your own voice. And so, you know, I think that the, the way that, you've met people in the past, you probably worked with them, or maybe you were on a project together or the past job, or you met them at a conference or whatever. Right now, you know, that's not happening. And so this platform, like, you know, doing the system that we're doing now just lets you do that with more people at one time, you know, because there's Mm -hmm. a limit, there's a limit to how many jobs you can ever have where you're going to meet people who could hire you later. You know, like you're at this company, you are literally not going to work with other people at other companies, right? And so there's like sort of a cap on the number of people that you can meet personally. That's just how it is, you know? But there's not a limit to the ability for people to, to sort of get to know you when you share that on a place like LinkedIn, so all we're doing is like taking the process that tends to happen very slowly over time as you change jobs or whatever. And we're just sort of like bringing it into a different uh, arena. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. Does that, I mean, what, what does that spark in you? Um, 
Mm-hmm. Or like nothing because I haven't had no, 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 no. I, I am drinking my coffee, so the wheels are turning slowly. Um, no, it does. I mean, so like that's a helpful framework to think of it in. That's like uh, that's the important connection in my brain. And so then, what happens then next is like, oh my god, writer's block, <laughs> or like looking. And so like trying to trying to put write something in a way that that is like really compelling without spending like hours doing it. <laughs> Well, what if I said to you, what if I said, please don't make it perfect. Please don't make it perfect. Like, not just like, you know, everybody's like, you know, done is better than perfect or just get something up there or take it to 80% or whatever. But I am going to ask you not to make it perfect. And so (laughs) it doesn't. So, so when you think about that, it's like, it doesn't have to be the smartest thing you've ever said. It doesn't have to be your opus. It doesn't have to be, you know, every way that you have thought about this work ever. And there's a limit, you know, there's a limit to how many words you can have and how many characters, but like write something that you are going to purposely make not perfect. And then the second thing about this is, you know, you don't get good at something by doing a whole big thing. You get good at something by doing it a lot in very small ways. So... Like, you know, you don't get good at running by, you know, back into running by running a marathon. You get back into running by running like a few miles one day and then the next day and then the next day and the next day. And so it's the exact same thing with posting on LinkedIn. You know, you don't get good at it by posting like one really awesome, perfect piece. You, you get good at it by like posting some short thing one day and then posting some short thing another day. And posting some short thing another day. Yeah. Like, have you ever, ever anything that you've worked on where you were like, or not worked on, but you know, something that you, you worked hard at, like you started and you kind of sucked and then you did it more and you sucked less and (laughs) sucked less. Like, is there anything that you've done like that in your life? Well, I'm just struggling. Like I get good at things very quickly. So being, so like not being good at something for an extended period of time, but also I'm like not exactly trying, I don't know, but everything, I mean, everything I do, I like, I, yeah, you suck at first. I don't know. I mean, like when I first started playing or whatever, and like couldn't or do something and better, but I've been, I've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Well, it's so funny that you, you're mentioning, like, I usually am good at things really fast. I mean, so am I, it's like the, but the plague of the, you know, type a overachiever who does things, who tends to be good at things really fast is that, you know, the, the sort of dark side of that is oftentimes we avoid things that we can't be good at immediately. Yes. (laughs) Has that that played out in your life at all? Yes. Yeah. And so it becomes this like self-reinforcing thing where to be not good at something and have to work at it, you know, it becomes something we just don't, we don't allow ourselves to do as adults, Mm -hmm. you know? And so can you force yourself to be just a little uncomfortable? Yeah. Here's the thing. I know this intimately because this, I am the exact same way, like exact. And I had to learn, you know, like I've, I've quit every instrument I've tried. I I just, I've quit a lot of things because I wasn't immediately good at them. And I, you know, and, and so in the past several years, I've had to really learn that it's not serving me. It's preventing me from doing the things that I you know want to do or need to do. And I've had to force myself to sort of work through that discomfort of just sucking. 
like not being good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so that's why I'm like, please don't make it perfect. Right. Please don't do it well. Okay. This makes sense. <laughs> and if I regard it as a challenge <laughs> an ongoing <laughs> and, you know, challenge with that, myself to be competitive about like, I'm, if that's my goal is to just suck at something and to keep doing it. I mean, my goal isn't to suck at something, but it's like, even if I keep sucking at it, just keep doing it. Uh, you're going to suck less. You're going to suck less. Just like when you were learning, just like when you were learning to play. Yeah. But then, yeah, like it was saying that good and it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't take me very long. And then I was, then I was good. So then it was annoying. Or no, so it's not really a good thing. So no, it's, it's more just the like, yes, yeah, stop, stopping to do, stopping doing something that I've started. Yeah. Like playing for sure. Yeah. Well, and yeah, think about, you know, is it possible that, you know, you love playing, right? You just said like you, you started to do it. You weren't very good, but quick, you know, you got good pretty quickly. Is it possible that like that period of discomfort where you're kind of suck at something, it's possible that that period could be really short, but <laughs> because we haven't started it, you know, you haven't started it. And you're like, Oh, this, <laughs> I won't even, I won't, e I won't even find out how long this period of suckness in a lot because I'm unwilling. I'm not even willing to like try. Does that make sense? I mean, I, yeah. you know, so I feel yeah. like I'm doing something here. No, yes. Yes. That's because <laughs> maybe I won't actually suck at it for a long time. So my period of discomfort won't really be that long. <laughs> Just fucking do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay you never know. And you could surprise yourself. And actually, I don't even think it'll be a surprise at all because all we're doing is saying, okay, I might not be instantly good at it, but I can quickly be good at it. And then, you know, we go back to, and I do have something to say, and I'm going to take that process of getting to know people and having them know, you know, realize through working with me, how good I am. I'm just going to take that and you know, allow more people to do that with me instead of like one by one by one through the course of changing jobs. Yeah. So how do you feel now? I feel a little better. Okay. You don't have to say that. I mean, I really do. No, know. I, no, I do. I do. I do. I feel like, like I can, I just, it's just like a matter of reframing it in my mind, which, which your, your explanations and, and way of putting it has helped to do. So thank you. Good. I'm so glad. So what is going to be your next step? I've been, well, I've been thinking about this next post I'm going to write. Well, which I should do today, but I'm just trying to think about like how to make it the, like the quick, interesting thing. So can I tell you my idea and then maybe you can help me just like find a couple of words to get me started? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. I mean, wow. Right. There is so much we could talk about here. In a previous episode of the podcast, I mentioned that when I go back and listen to these calls and I listen to them several times in the editing process, I hear a different theme emerge every time. And every episode, you know, just because of the way like podcasts work and how you have to title a podcast, you know, we have to sort of pick a topic to frame up an episode. But in reality, each episode is about so many topics and it's almost like you turn a prism just slightly and you see, or I guess you hear a new topic every time. 
So in this episode, we could talk about that feeling we all feel of not being good enough or not being as good as other people. We could talk about imposter syndrome, you know, not feeling like you deserve to be where you are. Or we could talk about that thing we do where we avoid doing things that we're not immediately good at. And all of these are really actually deep, deep topics. And, you know, here in this podcast, we can really only scratch the surface. And they're really worth exploring for yourself and with a professional. But the thing I wanted to leave you with is that you're not alone in feeling this way, any of these ways. We all feel like we're not enough at some time. We all feel like we must not be as good as somebody else who's more deserving or more accomplished or more, you know, fill in the blank. You guys, I literally felt that way this past week. I'm in this program for course creators who are growing their course business. And they held this forum, like a round table on Zoom to talk about issues that specifically the women in the group had faced in the past year. And this is a group for course creators who want to grow their businesses to seven figures. So in that group, you know, I'm definitely like not the highest on the revenue scale, but I'm also definitely not the lowest. But while I was there, I just got this like really strong feeling like, Everybody else in the group, everybody else on that Zoom must know what they're doing. And I must be so much smaller than everybody. And it was funny because my team member, Shiley, who, you know, if you've ever worked with me in Pack Your Pipeline, you know, Shiley, she was on that call too. And so, and we we're sort of, you know, chatting on Zoom chat back and forth the whole time. And towards the end, she chatted me and she's like, are you going to say something? You know so much about this topic. And I was like, no, you know, I mean, these women run businesses much bigger than mine. And she was like, what? But really in that moment, I just felt so small. And like, I run a successful business and I've been running it for many years, you know? But that's just how I felt. So, you know, it happens to me too. And I wanna share that with you because so much of the like business coachy space is, I don't know, it's like toxic positivity where you only get the pretty parts and none of the ugly parts. And that's why it's so important to talk about this topic, all of these topics and be open with it. And that's why the women that I work with, we talk about it as part of the learning process because there's a lot to learn when you want to learn how to get clients, but there's also a lot to unlearn and a lot to just shine a light on. And we can't get the clients we want and get paid what we want and grow our businesses the way we want until we shine a light on these things. So in any event, you're not alone. And I was actually listening to an episode of the Conan O'Brien podcast a couple of weeks ago. He has a lot of podcasts, but this is the one called Conan Needs a Friend. And like where he invites people on that he like wants to be friends with. It's cute. And it was the episode where he's talking to Melissa McCarthy. All right. You know, Melissa McCarthy, she's an actor. She's in Bridesmaids. She was in Tammy, the boss. And, you know, she's hilarious and she's huge. Like this, she's this huge actor and producer and director. And she's telling Conan in their conversation, that, like she feels that she doesn't deserve to be where she is, you know, like she's going to be found out one day. She's going to get a knock on the door and everybody, all the sort of people who decide when you're good enough are going to say, oh, you know, we were talking about somebody else, right? That part is actually hilarious, but it's so good. I mean, if you want to go find that episode, it's so good because it's just such a good example of like women at every level and every stage feel the same way as the woman I talked to in this podcast and me and likely you, right? So I want you to know that you're not alone. And the other thing I want to leave you with is this, knowing that everyone feels this way to some extent. 
even if they're just getting started or they're well into it, or they're a huge star like Melissa McCarthy. Knowing that there is no point where it goes away, that means that you can't wait until it's gone to start doing something, whatever that something is. You can't wait till it's gone because, yeah, I mean, it might go quiet for a while, but it never totally goes away. So the only option is to move forward in spite of it and with it and make friends with it. And that's when real growth and success start to happen. Hey there, I just want to let you know that what we talked about in this episode is part of the sales system we share with clients in the Academy. The Academy is just for women running B2B consulting and coaching businesses, and it teaches you a sales system to help you get more of the clients you want, get the clients that treat you like an expert, not an employee, get paid way more for your work, free up time, and find confidence in the sales part of your business. Even if you've only ever gotten clients through referrals or word of mouth, you're going to get the tools and support you need to be successful, and you'll do it without cold calling, without having to change your services, and without any pushy sales tactics. So if you could benefit from having a consistent, repeatable sales system to get clients in your B2B consulting or coaching business, I want to invite you to check out the Academy at smartgetspaid.com academy. Just click apply, answer a few questions, and you'll be invited to a 15-minute call with a member of my team so that we can learn a little bit more about your business and see if the Academy is a good fit. Just head to smartgetspaid.com academy. See you there.